The following podcast is a She Did It and SydneyNanberg.com production. Welcome back to the She Did It podcast. My name is Sydney Nanberg, and I am the creator and founder of She Did It and SydneyNanberg.com, your self care and mindset resource. If you are listening to this, thank you because you are committed to investing in your own personal growth and development, and I appreciate you being a contributor to this community. My intention is to consistently share valuable information and lessons to help you live a fulfilling life. I want you to come here looking for inspiration and leave with the tools you need to take on whatever it is you are going after. Achieving fulfillment starts with taking the first step, and you're doing it. Hey guys, it's Sydney. Thank you so much for joining me again today. Today is an amazing episode because I have the one and only Neil Patel here. He is sharing his journey, talking about social media in 2019, failure, and the importance of learning from your mistakes. Neil Patel is the co-founder of Crazy Egg, Hello Bar, and Kissmetrics. He helps companies like Amazon, NBC, GM, HP, and Viacom grow their revenue. The Wall Street Journal calls him a top influencer on the web. Forbes says he is one of the top 10 online marketers. And Entrepreneur Magazine says he created one of the 100 most brilliant companies in the world. He was recognized as a top 100 entrepreneur under the age of 30 by President Obama and one of the top 100 entrepreneurs under the age of 35 by the United Nations. Neil has also been awarded congressional recognition from the United States House of Representatives. If that doesn't intrigue you to listen to his story, then I don't know what will. So if you are ready to get inspired and learn a hell of a lot, then let's dive in. Welcome, Neil. I'm so glad to have you here today on the She Did It podcast, a He Did It episode. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. So so I've learned so much from you over the years. You are an incredible entrepreneur. You are helping hundreds of thousands of people grow their brands and, you know, not only gain, I not only gain value from your content, but I have listened to many of your interviews and podcast features and admire your mindset as well. So before we even dive in, I love to get everybody's backstory. So can you go Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us what life was like before you became this life-changing entrepreneur. Yeah, so um, I started off, I don't know if I'm a life-changing entrepreneur, but I started off a long time ago. Uh, whoa, I was 16 roughly at the time, 15 and a half, 16, somewhere around there. And you know, I was picking up trash, cleaning restrooms for a living. And from there, I was like, let me go create a job board. Um, the job board never worked out, you know, it failed miserably, but that's mm-hmm. how I got my start. And then from, the reason it failed was no one ever came to my own website and I had to figure that out. So that's how I got into marketing. That's amazing. And so the first one failed and then what was your, did you, did you get discouraged or did you go, what was the next step that you took? And you said you were only 16? I was only 16. So at the same time, wow. uh, I decided to go uh, take nighttime college classes. Okay. And my first one was speech 101. So when I was 16, I gave a speech on how search engine optimization works. And someone okay. from the class hired me and I was getting, you know, let's say $5,000 after I upsold them and everything like that each month. Uh, and I was able to generate them, I think somewhere around 20, 25 million a year in extra revenue. That's absolutely incredible. So you were doing this at 16 and so so when did you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur did you have like a gut feeling that this was meant for you because obviously you had that drive 
No, I, I had none of that. So I just had the notion of I wanted to make some money and not live a shitty life. And I didn't know how to get there anywhere other than being entrepreneur. Because at 16, back then, almost everything required a college degree or certification. I didn't have any. So it was the only option. I didn't go into entrepreneurship because I'm like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I went into entrepreneurship because I couldn't get a job. I'd rather have taken a job that paid like five grand a month consistently for a long time. Because when you're 16, five grand a month is a ton of money. Right. I mean, especially at 16. And I mean, also to take initiative like that at 16 years old is something that a lot of people are really fearful of. So I think that that's incredible. And at such a young age, like you said, your first business failed because people weren't going to the website. But what was that like dealing with like uh, a, a project that didn't work out at such a young age? age because as we get older we realize okay failure is a good it's 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 actually a good thing but at a young age it could be discouraging did you ever see it that way not so much um you know at a young age when you don't really have any options what is there to be discouraged about either you're going to do well or you're going to be exactly where you are currently like think of it that way right i had nothing to lose failing means i'm in the same exact place it doesn't get any worse right it's all about perspective and how you choose to look at it. Exactly. So speaking of now like digital marketing, since that's what a big part of what you, that's what you do. I think that, you know, in 2019, there are so many misconceptions when it comes to social media and building a brand and building a business and people believe in instant gratification and they're just buying followers, they're buying likes and they're rely. I mean, and they're really getting let down a lot and they're comparing themselves to other people. So, you know, you've obviously taken the courses, you've built your way up. I mean, you've done incredible work. You're helping a ton of people. So I want to talk a little bit about entrepreneurship and marketing and building that brand. So what is the number one misconception that people have about social media growth? I think if they can understand that, then they can stop taking, you know, some of these actions that are actually hurting their brand. Well, the big misconception is everyone, when it comes to social media, they like, oh, it's the number of followers that I have, the number of likes. Right. Like, I think that's the most important thing. But if it's not relevant, who cares? I know people out there with millions of followers. I kid you not. They're famous. We all know about them. And they're barely making any income. And if they didn't care for the income, it wouldn't be a big deal. But they care for the revenue. So because they care for the revenue they're not surviving. So it's just like, what difference does it make? It's not about numbers. It's about quality. And if you can convert those people into customers, you're much better off. Don't focus on a number, focus on how relevant they are. So what would be a tip to be able to do? That's really interesting that people have millions of followers, yet they're not converting any of them. I mean, were they, do you think they were bought? Or not is it just because really they're bought. Think of it this way. If, you provide development services, like you're a web developer, and everyone right. follows you for motivation. It's not really going to get you any customers. You get what I mean? Uh, you have it, to have it, something. It, yeah, like uh, if you're an investor and everyone follows you because you're posting half-naked pictures, and I'm not saying half-naked pictures are right or wrong. I'm just saying you're posting half-naked pictures. Yeah the people following you are looking following you because you're half naked pictures, whether you're a male or a female, they are not necessarily following you for investment advice. Right. That makes sense. So then if someone's trying to build a 
Sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no, that's okay. It, your messaging has to be congruent with whatever you're selling or offering. And if it's not, then it doesn't matter. Like if, if you're posting half naked pictures and you're really ripped and your goal is to sell protein powders, by all means, that could work out really well. But it has to be congruent. And that's a big problem in which people do things for followers and likes, but they don't think about right. if those followers and likes and that messaging that they're pushing out is actually going to convert into revenue. And if it's not, then who cares? Right. You know, and, and I notice a lot of people, they're so focused on the followers and the likes that they forget to focus on the actual content and align their brand, like just like you said, with whatever it is that they're trying to sell. And I don't, I don't know how that mindset started. Like, I, and I know Instagram is, I don't know what for sure is going on, but I'm sure you do, but they're testing, taking away the likes and everything. And they, I mean, in my opinion, I think it's probably for money reasons, but for, you know, they want to profit more. Um, but they also say it's for mental health reasons. Like, do you think that it's actually going to help brands develop better content by taking away likes? Because like, I don't know how all of this started. It's it's like validating insecurities. It's such a broad topic. It's like what it's the world we're living in now. Yeah, I, I, you know, the reason why they took it away, I don't know, but I do believe a part of it was mental health. Um, and, yeah. and I, I agree in which people are just optimizing for likes and followers and they spend so much time on their phones instead of enjoying the real world. Like I see more people who have their phone, who are taking pictures for Instagram when they're in beautiful places or trying to experience beautiful things. And I'm like, they're not actually taking the time to look around and enjoying what they're doing. Instead, they're worried about capturing the perfect picture. Yeah, that's a major problem. Actually, we just took a trip. Um, my boyfriend and some friends and I, we went away. Um, and one of the friends that came with was so focused on taking the photos and everywhere she, it got to a point where we were like hey we want to enjoy the moment and because and she got annoyed that we didn't want to keep taking pictures you know a few here and there fine obviously we're not going to be bad friends it got to a point where she went ahead and just hired a photographer and went off on her own and did and she doesn't have a brand or anything uh yet and she if she did she would be really successful you know but it got to a point where she just, yeah, she hired a photographer and she went off and did her own thing. And we went and we, we, it was an Aspen. We skied, we did, you know, we went and saw the town, we did different things and she really wasn't present. And it's sad that, you know, people rely so much on the validation of the likes and the followers. And I think that was a big part of it and trying to get people's attention that it does more harm than good. So I think talking about the misconceptions of growth for entrepreneurs on social media is important because then they, it's like a wake up call for people rather than just, Oh yeah, do this, this and that, because that's, what's already being done. People are already telling people what to do, but people aren't understanding for whatever reason that, that, you know, just posting pictures just to post, it doesn't make sense. Like there's no easy way out. You have to focus on developing content and my like quality content in my opinion and do it strategically live in the present moment. I mean, I, I just, I think that, just posting to post is a misconception and doing it for like for likes is a misconception. Uh, I agree, but what could you do? And that, that's why I'm happy people like Facebook are making these changes. Like I have a daughter. She's uh -huh. four months right now. I would, I, I do not want her to be trapped on her phone all day long when she grows up. I would be pissed if that happens. It's sad.
It is. I'm like, enjoy life. There's more to see than what's on your phone. So what would you suggest to an entrepreneur who's looking to grow their brand? And I, social media can be very time consuming with brand growth, but what would you suggest? Do you suggest people delegate the work? Do you, is there a specific, like a little strategy that someone can start with? Is there, you know, should they be focusing more on SEO? What, what do you suggest then? Because I agree, staying in the present moment is so important. And I feel like when you get out there, you build connections then, and it just, it makes, makes more sense long term <laughs> and you get to live a little bit yeah so you're saying i'm a bit confused when you asked you're pretty much saying what should you do then if you're not going to end up yeah. Being- yeah what should they do yeah because it's just people are so consumed with their phones and not living in the real world and they're just like what what can they do for their business so that they are not so consumed and so that they can actually live life but still you know achieve success yeah um Look, I, I would go to real networking events, meet real people, figure out who's in your industry, and go from there. Like, actually be social. Yeah, I would be social. Like, that's the best way to do it. Old school. You go to conferences, you go to events, you go to places where there's other relevant people that pay to attend, because that means, you know, the audience is qualified, and then you go and you network, just like how they did 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, and they still do today. It's super effective. That's one of the best ways to grow. I think that's really smart. I think that's really good advice too. And it's something that I don't know, maybe because people are so used to being stuck behind their phone that it's hard for them to get out. But I feel like everybody listening should take note of that um, and become aware and actually take action. And I want to dive into you more about you and, and your journey. Um, so I want to, you know, as you became successful and you personally started growing your brand, how did you learn to structure your day? Because now, now we're talking about, you know, the time that it takes and like the steps you should take, how did structuring your day is a big part of entrepreneurship. Do you have routines in place? Me? Yeah. So I start my day with, um, emails. I check my inbox I make sure I, uh, finish them all or before I start my day. Right. Cause I get a ton overnight due to, uh, we have offices in different regions and stuff like that. Then from right. there, uh, I get on my day, I work out, uh, I don't really eat, um, but I'll shower, get ready. And then from there, I get back to emails, meetings, phone calls, and that is the majority of my day, I eat throughout the day, uh, spend time with my family at night. And I typically have a to-do list that I look over um, every single day, and I make sure I completed everything on the to-do list that was needed for that day. Okay. So that's great. I think that's really important. And, um, you know, I'm a big believer in routines because if you're going off on your own, there's no one telling you what to do. You're, you're your own boss. So you have to kind of have some sort of system in place. And in order to actually get to the next level, in my opinion, um, but along with entrepreneurship comes, you know, potential failure, like you talked about in the beginning, like the first business you started at 16, you know, that, that that was a failure. What what do you? But it, it was a growing. Point. What do you, what has been your biggest failure throughout your journey? What has been my biggest how, failure throughout my journey? Yeah, yeah. And how did you overcome it? I would say the biggest failure was I invested in a cloud computing company years ago. This is before there was like Amazon Web Services. I burned over dollars yeah. of borrowed money. And it didn't work out. I wasn't even 21 at the time, and I had to pay it all back. That was probably the lowest point. 
Wow. And that was so young too. How did you overcome that? I mean, what did it, what was it like going through that? And like, I, cause I can imagine a lot of people would get really stuck and like, obviously that would be a really low point in, in many people's lives. And, you know, how did you get through that? Like, what, what was that experience like? Uh, the experience sucked. Like all day I was just thinking about how yeah. much I was in debt, <laughs> you know, what am I going to do? Life sucks. And there was a point where I was like, all right, let me just focus on doing better. I went back to marketing, focus on that. And I was able to repay the loan within a year. So you, you focused on just keep like, you basically just kept moving forward. You were like, okay, this sucks, but I have to keep moving forward. That was your, that's how you did it. Yeah, that's how I did it. I'm just like, there's no point in focusing on the past when I just move forward. It's true. I mean, I'm a, I have a no excuses mentality. So like if something happens, I just, I make it happen. I make, I, I, I might be upset about something or if something happens, it, you know, obviously it sucks, but you do have to keep moving forward. And you, the more energy you put into it, the more negativity will come to you. So, you know, I think that that's, that's a big thing to focus on when it comes to failure and, or mistakes. And, you know, I always like to say that I like to celebrate my failures. I rather than successes, while I might be proud of my successes, my fail, my failures are what teach me the most. So, you know, instead of, you know, I sign a new big client or whatever it is, you know, and maybe I go and celebrate. I've never celebrated that before, but when I fail, I'm like, all right, this is awesome. I'm going to move ahead. So what's your outlook on making mistakes? Like why are, why are mistakes so important? Wow. Why are mistakes so important? Well, think of it this way. As you mentioned, you learn from them, but in addition to that, the big reason on why mistakes are important. and, And this is what I tell people. Everyone's just like, oh, yeah, how do I uh, do really well in the next year or two years or whatever it may be? And I was just like, look, the biggest thing I've learned over life is none of us really know the answers. We all make mistakes. I don't care if you're Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk, we all make mistakes. What sets the winners apart from the people who fail is the winners continue to learn from their mistakes and they avoid making the same ones over and over again. So as you fail, that's okay. Because if you fail and you avoid making that same mistake, eventually you'll learn what not to do. And what will be left is the stuff you should be doing that will help you grow. That's so true. So a lot of people are trying to avoid those mistakes and don't really think about it like that. So what advice would you give to someone who is trying to avoid those mistakes when growing a business? Yeah, and and it's like – like. You know, another thing is just like you've interviewed a lot of people, right? You've right. read probably a lot about entrepreneurs. Have you ever met any entrepreneur who's just succeeded and never failed and just continually done well? No, absolutely not. Yeah, like look at Elon Musk and the turmoil he went through over the last 12 months. From Insane. SEC fines to him saying he's going to buy it out to pictures of him, you know, sleeping on a couch so people bought him a better couch does well, very successful, but like we all make mistakes, right? Like Mark Zuckerberg is going through a lot right now with governments. Um, Bill Gates, have you ever watched that documentary on him? In, Just uh, start. Uh, on yeah, Netflix? Netflix, Inside Your Brain? Just started it, yes. <laughs> it's, so, it's great. I, I, I won't ruin it, but even him, he's investing like billions of dollars into certain things, and he's like, I'm going to do this, and – sometimes things aren't working out the way he wants, right? Even the brightest minds. And it was crazy. Interesting fact that I didn't know about Bill Gates was 
when he was in eighth grade, he took a math test, and he was the number one person in uh, all of the United States. Not for eighth graders, but for eighth graders, ninth graders, tenth graders, eleven, twelve. He like outperformed everyone. It's insane. I think I saw that. That was in like the first like ten minutes of the the documentary, right? I think I I think I saw I heard that part, and I think that's just that's absolutely insane. So he had a talent for it, but you know, just because you have talent for something doesn't mean you're not going to screw up and. I think it's important to embrace those screw ups. And also I think it's really valuable what you're saying because it really is all about perspective. So if you fo- choose to focus on the negativity, then you know, your energy is going to go to negative things and more negative things are going to come back. If you focus on what's really, really important, like your long-term goal and, you know, just moving forward, then better things and more opportunities will come your way and you'll be able to get there quicker. So I think putting it into perspective is really great. So I hope that everybody listening took note of that too. And I have another question. Do you have any tips? Because there are a lot of entrepreneurs who are also open to making mistakes, right? But then they forget and because they're doing so many things and they don't necessarily learn, which is key. If you're going to make a mistake, you have to learn from it. So what tips do you have to help an entrepreneur to learn from their mistakes? Yeah, so I do a few things. Uh, one, I make a mental note, and then I replay it in my head to figure out what I could have done differently. Um, okay. And if you're not good with remembering things, write it down then, and then replay it all out and map it out and on paper and try to figure out where you went wrong. If you can't figure out where you went wrong, this happens to a lot of us, uh, A, do research. Look what some of the other players in the space have done to overcome some of these mistakes. You can Google from. You'll be surprised on how many other people have made the same mistakes. Because think about it this way. Business concepts and principles have been the same since Rockefeller, right? It's not layout. Sure, we have the web now. But a lot of the same business concepts and principles on how you grow and be your competition have been the same for a long, long time. Um, the next thing you can do is if you can't figure it out even after researching, Go talk to some other entrepreneurs uh, and other other people in your space. Get feedback from them. Uh, if you have a mentor, you can also ask them for feedback as well. And usually just going through that process, you should be able to figure out what went wrong and how you can avoid it in the future. I think that those are really good tips and it's really insightful. And it's something I think a lot of people struggle with. And now hopefully they will have clarity with that. So, you know, you've had many accomplishments, you've been through so much in your life, and you've kept moving forward. And if someone is looking to start a business, you know, quit their nine to five and create something of their own, what would you suggest their first step to be? Find something they're passionate about. When someone wants to just create a business because they want to create one and they're tired of working for someone, not really a motivator to do well. Um, Sure, you may and you may get lucky. But typically, you do well in business when you solve a problem. If you can't solve a problem, it's really hard to succeed because then people won't want to pay for your product or service. And your solution ideally needs to be easier or more affordable or more convenient, right? It has to be one of those things typically for it to do well. Now, what I would recommend before you get started is figure out what you're passionate about and then go find a problem within that space. And the reason I say passion is if you don't find what you're passionate about, you're less likely to put in the energy, the hours that it's going to take to succeed. You're going to more likely to get burned out if you're not passionate about what you're doing. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why I really would recommend that people push hard on that. And if you don't know what you are passionate about and you can't figure that out, go try different things each and every single day. Typically, what you're naturally good at is usually what you'll also find that you'll be passionate about. 
So go and try new things because you'll quickly learn what you don't like. Look, I, I, I look at it as to really do well, you have to be passionate. It has to solve a big problem. Um, and without those two things, I think it's really hard. I've seen people create businesses they're not passionate about. They eventually get burned out and they go on to doing other things. Um, but without the passion, I just don't see people succeeding and doing well. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I believe in just going and quitting your nine to five job because you don't enjoy it. I believe in coming up with a plan. And I think that that was really solid advice. So um, to end this, what is something that you want people to take away from this? A, a lot of people in my audience are entrepreneurs and looking to create something for themselves. What is one thing that you want them to learn from you? As we mentioned earlier, and this is the biggest thing, I'll give two things. So okay. this, is, I'll give the biggest thing that I learned. And that is, Time, you know, we're all going to make mistakes. If you learn from your mistakes and avoid making them, eventually you'll learn what to do and you'll succeed. But when you go through that process, as we mentioned earlier, right, like that's the key. That's what a lot of smart entrepreneurs do. You got to give it time because you'll make a lot of mistakes, not just a year or two. Like I've been doing this for 18 years now. I still make mistakes, but I make a lot less because after 18 years, you really start figuring things out. Not fully, but you still do figure out a lot more. Uh, and then the second thing is focus. In my career early on, and a lot of other people, we all have that shiny object syndrome. Stop with it. Focus on one thing. Solve a big problem, and that's it. I think that's amazing. I think this has been really insightful and really valuable, and it's been incredible speaking with you, Neil. I think your work is amazing. I appreciate you sharing your backstory and the advice um, today with me. And um, your mentality is incredible. I think that a lot of people can learn from that. And it's a mentality that will help you to reach success, which is what a lot of most people want in life. So I'm going to link all of your information in the show notes. But before we leave, would you let everyone know where they can find you for those who don't actually read the show notes? Uh, NeilPatel.com. Okay. Hey. All right. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Neil. This has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me.